Traffic Jam is on now. Hey, welcome to MB Media with uh, Traffic Jam. And I'm your host, Kenny Williams. And I'm here with the legendary, iconic author, comedian, and uh, actor, Michael Kaya. How you doing, brother? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm doing great, brother. How you feel, Kenny? <laughs> Man, you got a lengthy body of work, but I want to... If, if I want to just reintroduce as far as like, and 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 this is going to help helpful for me also. We all know you from the legendary Star Search and everything mm-hmm. like that, but this has always been a curiosity for me. How did you get that gig? Which gig? The Star Search. Oh wow, that's that's a very good first question to ask because that's a really interesting story. Actually, first of all, I want to say thank you for allowing me to be on your show. I mean, I know y'all ain't got but 19 viewers, but you're building. And that's what's really that's what's really important. Um, well, here's the thing. I was um I was I used to do comedy all the time at the club called the Improv, the okay. world famous improv, the one in Hollywood on Melrose. And uh it's funny because they had an audition for Pat Sajak. You know who Pat Sajak is? Yes. yes. Will of, okay. Yes. He actually had a late night show that lasted for about like three or four months. I guess he was trying to be like Johnny Carson. It didn't mm-hmm. last long, but he had mm-hmm. a late night show and I was invited to audition for his show. So I came and auditioned. My audition was totally clean, you know? No cussing, no no uh, grabbing of myself, no nothing. It was clean, crisp, clean, no caffeine. He hated it. But as I was leaving <laughs> the building, it turned out that the producer of... Um, Star Search named Sam Riddle was in the room. I didn't know, you know, he just ran up to me and said, hey, young man, would you like to be on Star Search? And I said, well, you know, I'd already auditioned three times and I didn't get it. He said, I just asked you, do you want to be on it? Do you want to be on it or not? I'm like, yeah, I want to be on it. He said, then you are on it and I'll be calling you in a couple of days. And he just put me on it from what he saw me do that night, you know? Mm. So that got me on. And that's why I say, uh, to artists who are out there, I drop something on the floor, I, pick up. I tell artists that's out there, when you're performing, you always have to perform as though there's a thousand people in the room and that they all get a check in their pocket for a thousand dollars. Okay, so because you don't ever know what's, who's in the room. And a lot of times people will not, um, they won't get a best show if it's a small crowd, if they yeah. think they're doing it for this reason or that reason. Oh man, you know, ain't nobody in here like me. I'm doing your show. What you get? 17, 18 people. And I'm doing it. I don't know. Maybe the fourth or fifth person might have a check. So you never know who's in your audience. So you yeah. just every time you do your show, when I do my show, I do it like I'm doing it for a thousand people. I don't mm-hmm. care. I remember once um Cedric the Entertainer, Simply Marvelous, and me were all set to do a gig in New Jersey, Orange, New Jersey. And we got there. They had given us deposits already. But mm-hmm. we got there in an auditorium of 1,200 people. There was nine people. Wow. So everybody demanded their money before they went on stage. And the guy was like, well, I'm just writing checks today. Because you see, I, you know, the door didn't do anything. So I got to write you a check. Cedric and... Um, Simply Marvel said, no, we're not taking no check. Well, shit, I had flown from L.A. to New Jersey. I already had the hotel and half the money. Nine people let me work, you know, and I went out and did my job. Now, nothing came from the people in the audience, but I did find out from that point on that you don't take no check 
uh, day of the show. Cause I took that check and I said, okay, I'm gonna go and, and take the check to the bank. I stayed in town an extra day. Cause I was gonna fly out Monday morning. I stayed till Tuesday, I can go to bank Monday with no money on that check. Wow. I ran back to the theater. They saw me coming. They started trying to close the gates. I broke through the gates. I went and got uh, a tire iron and mm -hmm. I cornered them in the dressing room, held one of them hostage while the other one went to the bank and got my money, brother. I don't even know what I was thinking. It was pure energy and rage that made me do it. Thank God they had the money to get. Because I showed them when I killed nobody in Jersey uh, about a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> but I remember that I did the show and I will always do the show no matter what because once I agree to do the gig, then I come and do the gig, you know? Mm -hmm. But the only difference is now I don't get on stage until I get the other half of my money. Yeah. You know, if I don't, if they don't, now if I get there and it's a small crowd and they don't have the rest of the money, I don't do work with me, man. I don't do, no. come on, man, work with me, man. Come on, man, you know, I'm gonna get you in the morning. No, man, he, I can take this weed, man. If you break it down four times, you could, no, 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 no. I, I can't do any of that. No. Mm -mm. So look, look, so let me, and, and I'm gonna go all over the place, but one of the things that what makes you so legendary, iconic, you have come into situations like where you go outside of uh, comedy. You mm -hmm. took over the Doug Banks um, show. You came in. Look behind. at you. Yeah. I was about to make fun of you because you're so unprepared. But <laughs> if you actually knew that. You might have read something now. Yeah, I replaced Doug Banks for five months uh, in you, Dallas. On yes. Radio. Yes, what 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 why it comes up? Um, one of the guys I interview is a comedian, a friend of mine, named Rudy Rush, and he was on the I show. I love Rudy Rush. Yes, yes. See, so oh, that's but, how you get that information. So you ain't studied shit. <laughs> what was that I transition, love Rudy Rush, man? Rudy Rush helped me, and you know it was his gig that he really walked away from, and he could have been you know, shady about it. Cause you know, a lot of people want you to do good, but not good as them, you know? So, so he could have been shady. He was the opposite of shady. He did everything he could to, he could to help me make that a smooth job, man. I, okay. I'm always indebted to that brother. I love that brother, man. Okay. But how was mm -hmm. that transition? How was that being able to step in to that situation? I mean, well, that was easy for me because you know, I've been doing this 34 years. So mm -hmm. I eat, sleep, and drink comedy. And so it don't matter which form I do it. You're watching The Traffic Jam. And so that part was easy. Plus, I've always done shows like now. I have my own morning show, the Michael Callier Morning Show. Mm -hmm. It's like it's just like national radio. I'm mm -hmm. on here like you. I got 17, 18 people. And I be on here, and I talk to the people. I do jokes. I, I bring in segments of the show, you know. And when I started the show, March 13th, uh, I'm sorry, people just, it, it's blowing up my phone for some reason. I don't know. When I when I started on uh, March 13th, I started because I lost all my jobs. You know, I lost oh. all the jobs in one day because they closed all the comedy clubs on one day. So I had four months of gigs booked every weekend, mm -hmm. went from that to zero. So I figured I'm not going to commit suicide. You know what I'm saying? And, I, I, and while I'm on suicide, hey, y'all stop that. Please stop committing suicide. That don't make no sense. You know, when I hear about people uh, talking about they, they kids were cyber bullied, that means they let somebody bully them 
on a computer, all you have to do is cut that off. I, I don't understand that. So don't don't ever commit suicide. I don't give a damn if I get caught in a bedroom butt naked with a handful of crack and a midget and a horse. I ain't committing suicide, okay? Because what if you commit suicide and five minutes later, shit change? Yeah. Ain't no do-over in suicide. And in fact, if they find my ass dead and somebody tell you suicide, you say, that's a motherfucking lie. That mm -hmm. motherfucker right you better call CSI, uh, 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 Murder She Wrote, Law and Order, everybody get on case, because I ain't did that shit. Okay, but um, what am I going to do? I'm going to come home and commit suicide. I'm going to come home and figure out a better way. So I came here and started figuring out how could I use these devices. And the first thing that came up was the morning show. And it, it appears to me, or it seems to me, that people are more stressed out and frightened about COVID than actually being affected by the virus. So I want to create a place where people can come and laugh and 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 pray every day. On my show, every day we laugh, every day we do a powerful prayer, but every day we have comedians and actors and artists to come on. And that's what we do. So every day, so today we celebrated 100 shows since wow. I put the new team together. Cause I started by myself in March. So I did it by myself for an hour every day without taking any weekends off. And then we started in September with my new team. And we called it the, the new Mike Kai Morning Show. We have a bigger platform. We can bring more people on in the windows. Uh, we have banners and all that. So it's just a much better, a much better, better feel. But today it's 100 days of that. You know, and so it's just a blessing. And so you got to create as you go. I really believe uh, that COVID and the killing of George Floyd and the highest rate of racism ever, and the highest set of poverty ever, and an orange hair fool in the basement of the White House going, I'm still a president! I'm still a president! You're watching The Traffic Jam. Is all collaborated together to be a wake-up for us and a reset. For us to reset what's going on in our lives. As far as our health, the people who have a strong immune system are not getting COVID. You know, so if you if you drinking like taking your you know uh, uh, like that, I'm doing ginger root tea. I've drank so much ginger root tea. Day for yesterday, I peed a cup of ginger ale. Okay, I'm taking ginger root tea, uh, apple cider vinegar. I take a little bit of that every now and then. I'm taking plenty of black seed oil, uh, echinacea, and golden seed, vitamin C, vitamin D. Just build your immune system. So what it's doing is making us say, wait a minute, what we've been doing about our health. Let's get wise about our health. You know, I'm a senior citizen. Well, I'm a semi-senior citizen. I'm 63, but I don't feel a day over 59. Anyway, as we get older, we got to take better health, better, you know, care of our health. COVID focuses on that. It's a wake up about your family. You know, how you doing with your family, with your connection, with your woman. You know, divorce rate is the highest it's ever been, brother. People getting divorces online, nigga. You hear me? So, so now, yeah, because they're at home all day. Yeah. yeah, I love her, but I gotta be with her all day. Yeah, every yeah. day, all yeah. day. Who said that? I want to <laughs> renew this contract. You know, so, so, um, so you, it's a reset for your relationship. It's a reset for your finances. If you haven't saved your money, you scrambling right now. People nervous right now because people yeah. who've never been out of work are suddenly out of work. So I just think it's all a big reset, and I reset myself by continuing to build my empire of entertainment. So I got three shows I do. First of all, I do that morning show five days a week. Uh, it's uh, seven in the morning on YouTube. You just put in the Michael Kyle morning show. I do that five days a week. You do it five days? You do your show five days 
a week? Yeah, and we was doing seven until Thanksgiving. Up okay. until Thanksgiving, we did seven days a week. Every single day we were there. We wasn't taking no, we didn't have no mornings we could wake up late. Every morning we were doing it, but Thanksgiving we changed that. I got a team. I think they should be able to wake up late on Saturday and Sunday. They should have their weekends to themselves. So now we don't do weekends. Five days a week, show us an hour and a half, generally. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times we get carried away. It might go two hours, you know, and on East, on West Coast time, Pacific Standard Time, it's 7 a.m. But every oh. Wednesday night at 6 p.m., I do a superstar interview. Is this Wednesday or Tuesday, Mama? Okay, okay. So on Wednesday, I do a superstar interview. He's laughing at me. He's laughing at me. He had 14 people in his audience, and he laughed. Anyway, so... Oh, I do the superstar interview and I interview like I've done Wyclef Jean, uh, Yolanda Adams, Russell Simmons, you know, I, so I do all the heavy hitters. I do 30 minutes each. So I do two people every Wednesday. This Wednesday, Anton Fisher, you ever see the movie Anton Fisher? Wow, yes. yes. The actual Anton Fisher. I'm yes. doing, who else am I doing this week, mama? Anton Fisher. Oh, and Miguel Nunez. Joanna wow. Man. Yes. So I got both of them. So I, every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. on Instagram, 6 p.m. on Instagram, I do them every Wednesday, Los Angeles time. And then every Thursday in the morning, 11 a.m., I read books to the children. So I read one children's book, then I do two poems. And then my host is this puppet who's out of control. His name is Roscoe. Uh-huh. What up? <laughs> Roscoe got issues. You got issues. Why your lips move when my lips move? Anyway, He's the one who actually uh, starts the morning show. Who's this? I don't know. He ain't got but like 14 people watching him. No shit. You're watching The Traffic Jam. Anyway, so Roscoe will come in in the morning, uh, and, and he'll bring the kids on. No cussing when I'm reading to the kids now. It's a children's show, so every morning we'll come in. i play with some puppets. I'll read a couple poems. The book I did this week was off the chain. It actually changed my life. It's called, it's called the, the biggest story. And wow. what's so flat is his mama used to always tell him stories, right? So he looking out the window because he ready. He looking out the window because he ready for his story, you know. And his mama always would tell him stories. He's bored. He he sitting here on, on his head, you know, trying to figure out something to get into because mama used to tell him stories. But something happened with the plumbing, so mama had to fix it because plumbing don't fix itself. So she yeah. said, "Well, why don't you?" Why don't you make up a story? So he's trying to make up a story. So he wants to know what should the story be about. And an ant walks up and says, why don't you do the story about ants? And he said, well, your ants are cool. Maybe I'll do ants. As soon as he said that, some cats jumped up on the roof. You know, a story ain't really cool without some cats. Can you add some cats? So now he added some cats. So he keeps, and then it goes all the way to dinosaurs. He's got dinosaurs. He said, I thought y'all was dead. He said, no, you're reading the wrong story now. You need to adjust those stories. So when it gets through, he's got animals and, and awesome. And he tells this fabulous story about molten lava. But at the end of the day, it's really about children's imaginations. How you can just take whatever's around you and make up a story. But his mama had to have him tell his own story for once instead of telling it to him for him to wake up to the fact that he can use his imagination because as we all know, imagination is more important than intellect. You know, if you can just, if you can just imagine a thing, you can do a thing, you know? So, so I love that story. So I'll do the story and then other people will come in and talk to me. And there's another puppet 
this a pig named Hamlet Weinstein who watches the show and then comes on and does poetry and shit. It's it's fabulous. Now, do you now with this because now you have this children or now you have an audience of children. Is that connection because of the Disney? You added your voice to Disney. Do you, do is it more of a connection because no. you did the Disney? No. It's more of a connection that we need to be reaching out to our children. Okay. Because right now, our children hear all this shit that's going on. That the TV is on. You're on one side of the house doing one thing, the kids over at the TV, you ain't paying no attention to them, and they listen to CNN. Constantly negative news. They're hearing every day about people dying. They're hearing every day about the police killing black people in the street. They're hearing everything about COVID and people getting ill. They're hearing all this negative shit. They need to be reading to their parents, not just the parents read to them. I encourage them every day. Don't just let your parent read to you. You read to them. Because if the kids are reading to their parents, first of all, it's building their reading skills, their, their comprehension, and it's building their connection with their parents. You know, So I'm doing it just because we need to remind the kids, y'all, okay, mom and daddy are not going to die. You ain't going to die. We got you. We always going to lift you up. We got you around here. Don't worry. Let's connect and talk. That's where it comes from for me. You're watching The Traffic Jam. Hey, brother. Thank you, man, for your time, man. Mm -hmm. Thank you for coming on this show, Traffic Jam. Ladies and gentlemen. I messed y'all up, boy. Y'all yeah. thought y'all was going to be off earlier. I talk your ass into the ground. Don't come around here playing with me. I talk for a living. You trying to get out of here. I thought we had three yeah. more minutes. What the hell is going on? No, it's, it's been gentlemen. a fun Thank pleasure. you, brother Michael. Please ask your folks to follow me on Instagram. Just go to my name, Michael Cowyer, C-O-L-Y-A-R. If they want to watch the morning show, please just go to YouTube and put in the Michael Cowyer, C-O-L-Y-A-R, morning show. You're watching The Traffic Jam. So, you want to know how to lose inches in your waist? Well, the secret is, it's not really a secret. If you want to lose inches in your waist, you have to start by losing inches everywhere. So there's no such thing as spot training. So you can't say, oh, I really want to maintain my boob size and my butt, but I want a smaller waist. It doesn't quite work like that. If you have excess weight, you're going to have to work on losing the weight and decreasing your body fat overall. Now, once you get to an overall body weight or size you're looking for, if you are looking to have that appearance of a more chiseled waist, there are a couple of exercises that you can do to assist in that, but it's not gonna make a major difference. So things like twisting motions, any sort of core exercise that requires you to stabilize here in rotation will help. If you are able to make your back or shoulders seem more broad by doing things like pull-ups and more shoulder exercises that can help again if you focus on strengthening your lower body it will make your lower body look larger which in turn will make your waist look smaller things like waist trainers and things uh, they really just help you to figure out your breathing and so if you already know how to control your core then it can be a little reminder if you're someone who's never learned how to actually have core control wearing a waist trainer can actually inhibit your ability to learn how to breathe effectively and it can also start to lead to lower back pain and the destabilization of your lower back muscles that you're not firing because you are using the waist trainer as a compensation method so again that is not going to be the most effective weight to chisel your waist. Now, if you do have a specific event that's coming up, uh, photos where you're trying to have a more temporary look, a lot of that is just the result of losing water weight. So 
that is a trick of the trade, but if you're looking for long-term results in terms of chiseling down that weight, I get waste. Again, you're gonna wanna start with overall weight loss, fat loss, and then once you're down to that size, then focus on rotational type of exercises to get that little extra that you might be looking for. So I hope that was helpful. You're watching The Traffic Jam. We hear so many times in relationships, communication is so important. We talk about the things that you feel uncomfortable, but you need to have these honest conversations. The only way it's gonna work, being transparent. We hear this time and time again. You know, and, and you have to understand, it sounds so simplistic that men and women are different. The way we communicate, you know, uh, women when they vent and they're opening up, they don't, they have a problem. They, they don't need you to solve it, fix it. They just need you to listen effective listening and men you know women when men are vulnerable don't take jab just console them make them feel safe you know we, we've seen we heard, heard it that men are from mars women are from venus and homosexuals are from uranus it's the difference i had a brother reach out to me you know um been with his woman for a couple of years it's been a while and then, you know he gained weight you know, and he wants to lose this weight, man. His woman gained weight, but he said she gained weight. He feel like it's another person living in the house, right? So he doesn't know how to just say to her. And it's not that he lost any attraction to this woman. He just wants to be healthy and work out together. Let's do this, lose this weight together. So I told him, I said, sometimes you just got to have those conversations and, and you... you, you don't do it in the bedroom. That's for intimacy, you know. With these conversations, have it in a safe space, like a living room, and just sit her down. And eye contact is so important. Just look in the eyes and just tell her, you know, listen, we have to discuss the elephant in the room. And, just, and take it from there. Just take it from there. and you're watching the traffic jam hit the brakes